Today's scripture reading is taken from 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 to 12. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, You will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can walk you off. They thought David cannot get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, which is the city of David. On that day, David had said, Anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemies. That is why they say the blind and lame will not enter the palace. David then took up residence in the fortress and called it the city of David. He built up the area around it from the terraces inward, and he became more and more powerful because the Lord God Almighty was with him. Now, Hiram, king of Tyre, sent envoys to David, along with cedar locks and carpenters and stonemasons, and they built a palace for David. Then David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and has exalted his kingdom for the sake of the people Israel. This is the word of God. Shall we now stand for the gospel reading? The gospel reading for this evening is found on the 22nd chapter according to the gospel of St. Matthew, beginning at the 23rd verse. Glory to Christ our Savior. Sorry, Matthew's gospel, chapter 22, reading from verse 34. Then when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Of these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ our Lord. Will you please be seated?
Good afternoon, everyone. Hello. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it is certainly so good to have all of us coming together to worship the Lord in this house again. Let's, um, however, let's not be too quick to let our guts down, though the safety measure is easing a little bit. But let's continue to be vigilant, amen. Let us pray as we look to the Lord together. Father, we come before you this afternoon. We are thankful for all that you have been doing in our lives. We are thankful for all that you've been doing in our nation. And God, we just ask, Lord, that you will continue to watch over each one of us, every family that is represented in the sanctuary today. Father, we look to you as we open your word today. And Lord, may your spirit come and grant us new insights and new revelation. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, we are now back into the life of David after a few weeks' break. And we are very happy today that we have um, come to see the crowning of David. We have journeyed with him for a while now in his ups and downs, in his, in his um, many travels. And it's often said that a picture tells a thousand words. Huh? So for recap, we will use some pictures to, um, to help us. Very quickly, just some highlights. First of all, right at the top, we, we met David when he was a young shepherd boy, tending his father's sheep. And then, of course, one day, the prophet Samuel came. And it, if you read the passage again, it, it would it seem that there was a manhunt in the, in the home. And every of Jesse's son came one after another. But somehow, David was appointed and chosen by God to be the next king of Israel. And we saw that Saul, I mean, sorry, Samuel anointed him. But we know that it didn't happen immediately, that David didn't become king immediately, but many years later. Then, we see that David was enlisted into King Saul's palace, King Saul's court, to minister to him in music through the playing of the harp, to minister to the troubled king using the harp. Then we have the famous encounter of David and Goliath where David killed the, ki the giant using just a sling and a stone. And David, of course, gave God all the glory for the success. After this, David was honoured more than the king. And that certainly caused Saul to be jealous. And we saw in the picture that this king became a spear-throwing king, trying to kill um, David. Then something interesting happened in Saul's family where David found a BFS, best friend forever, in Saul's son, Jonathan. Then we followed David into the wilderness, running away from Saul, where David had the opportunity twice to kill Saul. But, he, but David didn't see Saul as an enemy. 
he saw Saul as the king of Israel. And it was, da it was David's policy, or you, want to say, or you want to say that David would not kill the king simply because David would not touch the Lord's anointed. That in the wilderness, of course, we have seen David in his ups and downs, in his many, many travels. And through it all, through it all, we would say that this man, who is called a man after God's heart, kept his heart soft before the Lord. And David has experienced God's love, God's forgiveness, and God's strength many times over. That after the death of Saul and Jonathan, we see that the Lord directed David to Hebron. We saw that in chapter 2. And that the people of Judah recognized David's leadership and anointed him as king over Judah. We read in 2 Samuel 2 that the men of Judah came and they appointed, anointed King David king over the house of Judah. So that is the southern kingdom, Judah, the southern house of Israel. Then Saul, whereas on the other side of Israel, um, son's, Saul's son, Ishbosheth, was reigning over Israel, the northern kingdom. We read in 2 Samuel 2, 10, he says, Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was 40 years old when he began the reign of Israel. And he reigned two years, but the house of Judah followed David. So the whole of Israel then was divided into two kingdoms. As we look at the map, um, yeah, so you see it is, you, you have two capitals there. David was in Hebron, and then Ishbosheth was at another place. So the, the, the whole of Israel was not together. It was not united. But a couple of years later, Ishbosheth died. You can read about how he died eh? in, in 2 Samuel chapter 2. We will not go there. And the leadership of Israel did one thing. They came to Judah. They came over to the capital, capital of Judah and they came to David. As we read in chapter, in chapter 5, 1 to 3, he says, he says here, And all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. In time past, when Saul was king over Israel, over us, it was you who led out and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, You shall be a shepherd to my people Israel, and you shall be a prince over Israel. So what happened? So the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. Then we, we read just now that in verse 4 and 5, gave us an indication on how long David ruled. So he started to rule when he was about 30 years old. Okay? Then he was over... Judah for about seven years, then over the united Israel for 33 years, altogether 40 years. So about 40 years he ruled over Israel. So by the time he passed on 70, 
plus, probably 70. And I'm sure that there was a lot of festivity that was going on when David was finally crowned as king over Israel. Israel, I mean, David finally fulfilled his call as king over Israel. He probably remembered the day when Samuel came to his home. And that for us, after journeying with David so long, we can celebrate with him. I was telling one cell group that we can pop champagne with him. That this day has finally come. We can identify and celebrate together with all of Israel that David is finally king. And the day has finally come, as I say. So it is a new season for both David and Israel. It's a new season. A new season has emerged. For David, how do you think David must have felt on the day that he was crowned king over Israel? If you were in David's shoe, how would you have felt? I have arrived, is it? <laughs> I don't think so. He knew that the Lord has brought him through thick and thin. He was experiencing the fulfillment of God's words through the prophet Samuel. That he must have felt excited, probably, and happy that he was God's chosen vessel. I think to, to understand us, to help us understand David's heart a bit, we have a glimpse of how he feel, how he must have felt in verse 12. In verse 12, it tells us, And David knew that the Lord had established him king over Israel, and that he has exalted his kingdom for the sake of the people, Israel. So David recognized, David recognized and knew that it was the Lord that has, that has called him, that has appointed him and anointed him as king. It was all the Lord's doing. And now, there is, there is a phrase uh, that in the Spider-Man movie you hear, with great power comes great... With great power comes great responsibility. So I, I believe David must have felt that way as he looked at Israel, as he looked at his people, and he looked at the power that he has in his hand now. With great power comes great responsibility. And I'm sure David was deeply aware that the Lord was with him because even in the Chronicles, Chronicles 11 verse 9 recorded for us that David became greater and greater for the Lord of hosts was with him. He couldn't have done it otherwise if it's not for the Lord. He couldn't have been greater and greater if the Lord was not with him. And he knew that he was a vessel in the Lord's hand and the Lord would use him for the sake of his people Israel, as we see in verse 12. It was also a new season for Israel. I'm sure the people was very happy too to have a king that God has chosen for them, that a king who was God's choice for them. 
you and I need to recognize that God's divine, to recognize God's divine, divine hand and God's sovereignty at heart as He brings us through the different seasons of our lives. And as He, because He's the author of the, every chapter of our life, whether short chapter or long chapter, whether short season or long season, God is the author of every chapter of our lives as we submit our lives and each season into His hand. The psalmist tells us that our times are in God's hand. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says that there's a time and event. There's a time and season for every event under heaven. And we need to recognize that God is the one who ordained these seasons and this event. Then here we also see that it is a new season for Israel. That, so what is it for Israel? That they are now finally united with the other tribes and become one united Israel. No longer need to consider north or south. One united Israel. One identity one single identity all together again. Twelve tribes under one king. Wow. I think there was certainly a lot of celebration. As the new season began for both David and Israel, David as a king started to do a couple of things. First of all, he needed to find a new capital for Israel. Remember, they have two capitals there. Nah? So now he has to find a capital that will be meaningful for whole of Israel. Then the second thing he did was, we will see that in chapter 6, that he quickly ushered in the Ark of the Covenant, which, was, which represents the presence of God into the new capital. So the new capital, first of all, David was led by the Lord to choose Jerusalem to be the new capital for Israel. Simply because it was at a midpoint, as you can see, and it was a strategic location. It was right in the middle of the country, and it was so um, well located. I believe that it was the midpoint for a couple of reasons. It was a neutral ground. Neutral, new ground. Both sides are happy. They no need to complain. Why, why, is, why is your capital and not my capital? Why? They don't need to complain. Both were happy for the, with this neutral crown, ground and it's right in the middle of the, end, of the whole of Israel. And it's easy access to all tribes. Whenever anything happens in the capital, they all have to travel. They have to travel down or they have to travel up. So it becomes a central point of unity where the people gather regularly. It was a bit inland. And it was, it was and still is. If you go to visit Israel today, you will realise that. And it's surrounded by natural resources. No doubt it was occupied by the Jebusite then, as we, as we read earlier. But somehow, David and his new army, David now have a new army, eh? probably consisted of men from every tribe, 
of all the 12 tribes. So with his new army, they managed to conquer Jerusalem and it became Israel's capital until today. And um, Gordon Lindsay, Christ for the Nation is a place where they honour Israel greatly. And he had this to say in his book of David's choice. He said, he said that it was divine will that Jerusalem was the capital of Israel. The Lord said that Jerusalem was the city which I have chosen of all the tribes of Israel. Its situation was beautiful for it dominated the areas all, from all sides. The deep ravines which surrounded it makes it possible to fortify it strongly and secured it from attack. So it, it, it's a very secure place and very safe place right in the middle of Israel. Very well protected place. David was a man of war. We all know that, huh? And he must have made careful consideration before making this excellent choice in making Jerusalem as the capital. From that time onwards, as we read in Scripture, that Jerusalem became the centre of festivity and activities for all Israel. All the feasts that were mentioned in the Old Testament were celebrated in Jerusalem. So the feasts are usually celebrated over a week or so, so that every devout Jew from all over Israel could travel to Jerusalem to participate. Of course, we all know that Jerusalem is also called the city of David or Zion. And God certainly stamped, God certainly stamped His approval on David's choice. The psalmist declared this in Psalms 87. He said this. He said, On the holy mount, holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord... Sorry, I can't see very well. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. So God called this Zion, Jerusalem the city of God. We also read in the gospel that when Jesus came and did his earthly ministry, it was also around Jerusalem and the areas around it. If you have a chance to visit Israel, you will visit Jerusalem, definitely, and the areas around it. You will have a chance to visit this beautiful city. Then, of course, in Revelation, we read of a new Jerusalem, where the children of God will ultimately recite when the Lord shall come again. So once Jerusalem was captured and made capital, David was quick to do one important thing. He was quick to establish Jerusalem as a focal point of worship. Being a worshipper of God, that was very much in David's heart. David was quick to bring in the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God, from its resting place into Jerusalem. The Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, must be close to Him to, in Jerusalem. Pastor Darren will talk about 
talk about it more next week. But just for our purpose today, we will just look at one verse in 2 Samuel chapter 6. In verse 15, we read, So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. Shofar, the shofar. That is, very, that is only practiced in Israel. So there was a lot of festivity once again in Jerusalem, where the ark was being brought in. You can see that picture. It's quite interesting. Then we read also that in the gospel, when, that the Jews from all over make annual trips to Jerusalem to worship. So thus, the establishment of Jerusalem as capital was definitely a move that was divinely inspired. I guess our church building here can be considered as our centre. During the weekdays, the cell group meets in homes, in small groups. Then, on Sunday, we all gather together as a, as a congregation to worship God in this sanctuary. So, as the, as the restriction is, we are together again. Like the song says, we are together again. Praising the Lord, we are together again in one accord. So, we are together again. And it's certainly good to be together again. So it seems that David can now be happy, settled, arrived in Jerusalem, which is known as the city of David, the king of Israel, and he has brought about unity in the land. We think that he can relax. Maybe at that point of time, he relaxed a little bit. Huh? But very soon, very soon, we know that he has new battles, to conquer. This mighty man of God faces new challenges as well. And he now has a bigger army ready to face and fight off the enemies of Israel. Okay, let's, read, let's turn to our Bible once again and look at 2 Samuel starting from verse 17 to the end. It says here, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines has come out, spread out in the valley of Rephahim, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to build Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has spoken, broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore he named the place Perazim. And the, Lord, and the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. Verse 22, And the Philistines came again and spread out in the valley of Rephahim. Rephazim, sorry. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, 
you shall not go up. Go around their rail and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of the marching on the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself, for, for then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the, strike down the enemies of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezeh. So David now in his new role, with greater responsibility, with a bigger picture to see, with more people to look after and care for, he knew by then that in order to win the battle for Israel, he needed to stay close to the Lord. He needed to look to the Lord for God's plan and strategy. So David inquired of the Lord for his strategy as we have read. And in verse 19, in chapter 6, we see that, the, that, the, that David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord gave him the answer. And in verse 24, and then David inquired of the Lord again, and God gave him the strategy. So in both times, David inquired, and God told him what to do, and David obeyed. We read in verse, in the verse 25, that David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistine. So David obeyed exactly and did exactly what the Lord asked him to do. So together with the united army, he defeated the enemies and conquered much land for Israel and possessed much land for Israel. And David became a great king because the Lord of hosts was with him. We all know that this is our AGM weekend. It is time for us as a church to look at the year past and to look forward to a new year. We want to look, for, we want to, look to the Lord and thank the Lord for a new team of ECC praying that this man will certainly be man after God's heart. A team that will pray and look to the Lord for his plan and strategy for our church. Our point of unity in ASE will probably be our mission and vision statement that unite us together, our thoughts, Work marching forward to possess the land. And, and that is our focal point. And, our, and probably our core value as our focal point. Our mission and vision, a lifestyle of evangelism, a culture of discipleship. That will probably bring us together. It's on our website. You can take a look at it. Then... David had new challenges. Uh. We have new assignment. We have a new assignment that Pastor, Pastor Darren will talk a little bit more about it. We have a new assignment given to us by the Diocese of Singapore. And that is to do chaplaincy work in a new senior care centre not far away from here in Bedok South. And then we, we all have to, together as a one united body, see how 
we can do this work together. Partnering with God, being God's hand extended to reach out to a community. So this is our new assignment. David has new battles to, to fight. We have a new assignment to embrace. So together, let's, let's look ahead as a church for God, what all that God has for us in all things. And together, let's continue to do great exploits for the Lord, for His honour and glory. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for all that you have allowed each one of us to go through. And thank you for ordering the different seasons of our lives. From the day that you have called us to be your child until now. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. For leading and guiding us. And Lord, we pray, Lord, as a new season for us in the coming year. Lord, may you excite us. May you encourage us to embrace all that you have for us as an individual, as a cell, as a church. We want to go forth with your strength, Lord. Not because of us, but because for your kingdom's sake. Thank you, in Jesus' name.